0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, not only is it our last episode of Australia Month, it's also our 250th episode. We are a quarter of the way to (laughs) 1,000. And it's only taken almost five years. Uh, but yes, we're very excited. Uh, this was the film that was picked by you, the general public, for uh, our Australia Month. You have selected Lake Mungo. And joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film before. Uh, I'm still going to say Happy New Year because it's January. Happy New Year, Georgia Smith.
1: Happy New Year.
0: Uh, how are you, Georgia? I'm all right. Good. Uh, Lake Mungo. What do you know about this Literally film?
1: Literally nothing.
0: Nothing. Didn't
1: even know it's a horror film when I said yes to watching it. Oh, well, <laughs> like... I,
0: my apologies. <laughs> yeah. How, how are you with um, horror in general?
1: Uh, not great with jump scares, mm-hmm. but like okay with thrillers, maybe. Okay. If that's how you like differentiate them? I don't okay, know. so
0: something like um, The Descent, maybe not so good with all the jump, jump, jumps. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, i much uh,
1: happier that we're watching it during the daytime, because then I can sleep well tonight, So I'll is... have hours to decompress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true, uh, although we are in a, in a completely blackened room, <laughs> uh, which is, uh, so it's a little bit nighttime and creepy, but yeah. also we could just go outside and go, oh, it's better. Exactly. Uh, well, luckily for you uh, and for me, because I also haven't seen this film, we have someone who has seen the film uh, Happy New Year, Robert Woods. Hello. Thank
2: you for having me on again, and Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. How are you, Robert? Yeah, about a seven. Excellent. Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. Now, uh, Robert is, is one of our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Podcast, and we asked the patrons to nominate the films that go into the poll. And, Rob, you selected Lake Mungo, and it won, which is fantastic. But yes. why did you pick Lake Mungo? What, what about it above Almost all other Australian films made you go,
2: this is the one I'd like to see. Uh, this is... This is... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, the 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 horror genre. And um, while I hesitate to classify this film strictly as a horror, mm-hmm. I think it is one of the most fascinating and... Um, singular films that has been produced out of Australia in the last two decades mm. that is not known about very well in 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 both the horror genre circles and also um, in Australian cinema mm. because it did not it, it was not a big film in Australia but it has had far more success overseas mm. and it's a film that is it it is quite uniquely australian mm. um but also it's such a brilliant film and just underrated and deserves to be seen well that's that's
0: partly why we're doing it today but uh, uh just before we jump into it um we quite a lot of our listeners are based in australia um why can't they get this film easily robert <laughs>
2: Um, it, look, that is a very good question and it's one I don't have a great answer for. Um, I know, um, I, I saw, I was privileged enough to see it in a cinema in mm-hmm. 2009 when it came out, um, knowing nothing about it and, um, being very, uh, confused and overwhelmed by it mm-hmm. <laughs> when I saw it. Um, it's, uh, and then... It, it came out on DVD um, once, I believe. It had one one pressing in Australia, and I bought that DVD. And uh, if you didn't, I don't think there were many copies made. Um, so it's, and it has not been in print since. And it hasn't really been in print in most parts of the world. But I, I managed to import a copy from the UK. They just finally did a, a nice, lavish re-release of it. Um, an independent distribution company. Mm. So, um, it's and it's getting out there. It's starting to get onto streaming platforms and mm. things like that. It's just in Australia. It's not on any streaming platforms. Okay, yet.
0: so international listeners may have a little bit more luck, but here, definitely here in the country it was made. Too bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If
2: you can find a DVD of it, great. And if you can use a VPN, you can stream it on on Shadow. Um. That's that's probably your best bet.
0: Okay, excellent. Well, just wanted to clarify that before people listen to this episode and go, oh, I can't wait to watch it, and then go, what? Yeah. <laughs> I can't buy it for all the dollary-do's that I've got? Oh, nuts. <laughs> uh, one final thing we should ask then. Um, is this
2: a jump-scary film? I do not believe... For, look, it's been 10 years since I've watched it. Okay. I do not believe there is a single jump scare in this film. Mm-hmm. That's not the kind of film it is okay. it is a it's a uh, i hesitate to say mockumentary cuz mock implies it's like satirical mm-hmm. of of that um but it is in a in a documentary format and it is um kind of dry very slow burn um and it's also one that i don't think you get the full effect of after your first time watching it I'm sorry to say okay. um, it's it's gonna be one that um we can discuss afterwards and I, I'm so intrigued to see what you guys make of it um because I can't discuss it with a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> it's been a point of frustration um but it's it's one that you'll think about for a couple of years and then suddenly two years later you'll think about that film back on it and it something will click and yeah, it's, it's that kind of film. It's a film that's far more dangerous than a jump scare because it stays with you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all that being said, uh, shall we watch
0: Lake Mungo? Let's try. Yes. <laughs> okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs if you've got them. Load up those streaming services if you're not in Australia. And uh, if you've never seen a ghost, look closer as we watch Lake Mungo. Mungo is not a very threatening word. I'm just <laughs> no, no. I'm just as I was saying that, I was like, oh Nothing scary about that. everybody we have just finished watching lake mungo still not that scary a word uh, and i'm joined once again by robert woods hello and georgia smith hello georgia that was your first time watching lake mungo what did you think
1: oh god i don't know how to summarize it
0: are you scared did you wet yourself no
1: Ooh. i didn't think it was scary as a like oh, okay. true crime aficionado mm. someone who ingests more true crime than every other person that i know in a single day uh i think i was just trying to like crack the code, but wasn't scared by it.
0: Okay, so it was more, um, more of a mystery yeah. kind of thing than a than a, oh, a ghost kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I must admit, I I didn't massively know what to expect, other than that I knew that it was a, for want of a better term, mockumentary. That it was a, a fictionalized documentary. Um, it was fascinating. Mm. I I really i took a lot of notes because mm, there, was, there was a you lot did. there's a lot of pages <laughs> yeah in like a 90 minute runtime there's, there's a lot of notes here uh, because there was so much packed in so much uh yeah. story-wise and the way it unfolded largely chronologically in terms of the discoveries about what had happened in 2005 which led to alice's death um but the fact that because of that there was a little bit of jumping around and at uh, certain points I was like wait did this interview happen before this sighting or mm-hmm. these different things it was really fascinating and it was more akin to the the sort of true crime style programs yeah. which are much more prevalent today um but as a film it's yeah it's it's very it's very good, Robert Woods. I can see why why you want us to review this yeah. one. It's it's a great, it's a really great film.
2: Yeah, I find it just fascinating. So this and was
0: your first time in ten years watching it. Yeah. Uh, wh- how
2: was it revisiting uh, ten years older and wiser? Um, it was well. It was so wonderful to see um, in high definition. Mm. <laughs> as much as the the film is all about the grainy, yeah. distorted images and and. Um, and it's, it, it is literally about people seeing faces sometimes where there are none or like wanting to see things in blurry images. Um, just seeing a print of the film, the stuff that they shot on 35 and 16 mil, mm-hmm. looking sharp and crisp and the, the sound design being played out instead of like on a, you know, from a DVD on an old TV in a, in a nice room is, is wonderful to experience that again for the first time since I saw it in 2009 in the cinema. Mm. i I must admit the it's a very
0: small detail but the use of cicadas in this film because uh where i was sat was right near one of these surround sound speakers and the fact that cicadas that when they you know did the thing of playing the sound that's going to be in the next scene before the previous scene is finished but sometimes that was happening i noticed up to like 20 seconds before the scene started Mm -hmm. whether these long audio transitions into what we're moving into because i was like I'm
2: hearing insects right now, and there there shouldn't be any in this. Thing. It's, yeah, it's because it. Yeah, it's such a slow pace where everything mm. sort of just blends in, and it really lulls you. I think into leaning in mm. and and just trying to get absorbed into the into this narrative. Mm. Um, yeah, it's fascinating, and I think um, you know this is this is pre paranormal activity Mm -hmm. and that kind of you know sub rumbly um thing uh, not like abstract sound design thing it's very kind of david lynchian um Mm -hmm. but it's being co-opted by you know the paranormal activity franchise is like the signifier of okay now something evil and demonic is happening uh and it's 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 kind of a cliche now, but it, it's interesting to see it here and it's not used quite to the same effect. It's yeah. just, it's just part of the, the ambience. It's just, this is a very moody film. Mm. So it just it creates a mood and a tone of like, mm. just perhaps not depression, but some, for some people it's, it's pure dread. Um, but for, for me, I, I just find it's sadness. Well, it's, yeah. that, that's it's a really a in- sadness. interesting yeah. thing because I've done a little,
0: obviously a bit of research as so I do with all the films before, particularly ones I haven't seen, but also with trying to find out as little as I can to spoil yeah. the film, but as much as I can to have a sense of what we're going into for, the, for this bit, for the talkie dogs. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think it's really interesting that the way that this was framed for me before going into it is that this is a film about grief. Mm. and yeah. I from from coming at it with that perspective I, I think it's really it really nails that yeah. um, and that that yeah. being an objective of the filmmakers to to look at grief and the yeah. fact is is so much of this film, in terms of not necessarily what's happening, but how characters are responding to it, is analogous of grief. Mm. The particularly in the situation, the story. In case you haven't <laughs> been able to watch Lake Mungo as it is, um, is uh, Alice Palmer um, is a teenage girl who uh, goes missing on a family uh, swim hole visit. Uh, they're out swimming yeah, in the a river. Dam. Yeah. yeah, down near the dam. And uh, a few days later, her body is recovered. She is drowned. And the documentary that is following the Palmer family follows uh, sort of the next 18 months of their lives, basically, and going through all these trials and tribulations around uh, possible ghost sightings. Uh, or First of all, it's sound, and then they capture it on video. And then there's all this sort of stuff that happens. And it fo- follows this 18-month journey for them. But all the beats of the the plot were reflecting elements of of everyone's grieving. Because mm-hmm. they're all grieving in very different ways. Like, June is very uh, different to how she grieves from her husband, Russell. Mm-hmm. And the fact yeah. that we have a point where June, who didn't see the body, mm-hmm. is more, like, jumps onto the, yes, of course, she must still be alive when yeah. when sightings of Alice start to be seen. Whereas Russell, who's seen the body... He's like, oh I'm not sure, and then he's like, But now I'm not sure. Did I see the body properly? Like and, and they put that down not only in each other, but in us as the viewer. Yeah. And I, I and then the the fact that the whole story sort of reflects them searching for answers and going through these things. And then the fact that they move on. Mm. Um, I, I think really kind of cemented the oh, this is grief, the film, basically. Yeah. <laughs> or this is a story yeah. about grief because we see them move on but not you know ignoring what has happened they very much work together through what happened to alice and subsequently what has happened to them as a reflection of that
1: yeah it really sums up that like ambiguous grief of when someone like doesn't die but goes missing as well like mm. there was a lot of ha- having listened to a lot of true crime and people who are family members of long-term missing people yeah it was really interesting to sort of pick up on those like could they could just like let's leave the porch light on for as long as we can, just yeah. in case she comes home
0: yeah, and like i I, I love the little details that were brought up, like like Ray, who is the psychic who is sort of in this world quite a lot, um, talking about covering up mirrors, yeah and things like that, which is like little folkloric things where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember
2: that from from like something way back in the past, yeah this, uh, yeah, this is a film that is, uh, that where details are so monumentally important Mm -hmm. and and as as much as it is about the grief i also think it's about um the ghosts that we make Mm. in order to try and reconcile this and the fact that the the format of the film is a faked documentary that's also that's also part of the narrative because you know it's it's part of what's happening in the film is mm-hmm. <laughs> um is faked photos and 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 trying and justifying doing that um for an emotional response um uh, i just find that fascinating that um i love it when a film's form reflects the content yeah Mm. Um, and, and like, that's why this film is quite hard to classify, I think as well, because it, it's so specific to what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, it,
0: it it's, it, 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 it is very difficult to know where to go, even in reviewing it, because it's not that it defies genre, it, it just sort of takes from aspects of different genres, the bits we don't normally focus on Mm. to create Mm. this film, which
2: uh, I don't know if it's a horror film. Yeah. It's so, like, to say it's understated is an understatement. Mm. Yeah. The the emotion that you get from it and the the story of grieving Mm. by being told in a, a documentary format where they're purportedly filming... Um, people giving interviews that they're they're not having emotional breakdowns they're not Mm -hmm. having big dramatic moments they're so reserved Mm -hmm. yeah it's so um it's just so stoic and it's so neatly presented Mm -hmm. and the 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 documentary style um unlike quite a lot of found footage horror films um or, or, like, the paranormal activity films where you wonder, like, why are they filming this? This this doesn't break the illusion of being a documentary at any stage. Yeah. it, Like, the performances don't feel like performances. They just feel like real, authentic interviews. Mm. The footage, the, all the different formats, like, uh, it feels authentic because mm. they went to such great lengths to get those details. Yeah. Uh, worked in so that it just feels like something that I know the director said he wanted it to be something that could pop up late night on SBS TV and you would watch it and you wouldn't be sure if it was real or not. Mm. Yeah, But I I think, um, I, I was happy to, as, as, as tempting as it is to tell people this is a documentary and sit them down and watch it and make them freak out. (laughs) I, I, I was happy to say this is a mockumentary at mm. the start because i think it's so much part of the film and it's it doesn't matter if you know that or not i think it's still effective because of mm. um the because it's got so many layers that if it it doesn't need to just get you on that one layer there's there's mm. other things yeah, going on so that you can nuanced. enjoy yeah
0: and i i it made when there were emotions stand out that that reserved mm. nature like uh the scene where june is reading that's a- April's... Yeah, that's uh, probably the, the hardest. Yeah, sorry, a Alice, bit. not April. Um, it's because she's named after a month. I kept thinking that Alice <laughs> should be April. Um, but when she's reading Alice's diary entry, and, but also it's a place where it makes sense for there to be a character who is emotional in this documentary. Because mm-hmm. it is, you know, a mother reading her dead child's diary entry about her not being able, or feeling she is not able to get help from her parents with... The issues that are happening in her life. Yeah. And that is heartbreaking and tragic. And it's like, that makes perfect sense that it's there and that June would be reading it for the documentary. Mm. But there's also little touches that are really, I think work really nicely to sort of uh, signposts. Like when she turns the page and it just says, Lake Mungo, Lake Mungo, Lake Mungo. And I was like, what is the film advertising itself to me in the <laughs> middle of this this scene? But no, it's because she's excited because it's a school camp. And once you have the context for why different things are happening. I think you're absolutely right, Robert. This is definitely
2: a film that is a multiple watcher where you're yeah. your second or That's third time. It's interesting. Cause I, I, I would love to talk to you guys about this, you know, mm. in a year's time yeah. <laughs> after you've reflected on it a bit. Mm. Um, Cause we're like, we're going straight after a watch mm. and, and it is, I think it is a lot to process and there, mm. there are so many details and there are so many beautiful um, I- images and, and callbacks and voiceovers like they directly reference um some some voiceovers and then they they cut to images that you've seen before that mm-hmm. reference that but there there are many many more in the film that they don't do that to and if you remember the image from earlier on and then you hear that piece of voiceover you you connect them in wonderful ways yeah. <laughs> that um that I think it wants you to um like it's like the details are there. Mm. Um that that just, you know, from filmmaking and storytelling terms I think is fascinating. Um mm. Yeah. I, I think what it also does, uh, from, from just a narrative perspective,
0: is it tells I think it, it uses its medium really well to tell this story in the most interesting way. Uh, when it finished, uh, Georgia and, and I were both like, oh, it should have been a podcast. Or like, <laughs> It felt like those, those sort of true crime things that we're used to nowadays because they are so often presented in that medium. Mm. But because of the type of story this was, because of the found footage nature, nature of like mid-2000s camera phones and all of these different aspects, I really love the way this narrative unfolded um not just from the sense of well the documentary wouldn't be filming them before she died that's stupid you know that but but from the fact that the filmmakers uh fictional and real mm. are joining these characters as they are going on this journey of discovery together and so those revelations when they happen just feel Really well told because they're not, because this isn't a film about Russell and June. No. If this was done non documentary style, it'd be, you know, Russell being all, we, we'd see Russell and June having those arguments that we sort of see them having disparately on camera, where they're talking about June believing that she's still alive and Russell having his doubts. Or even things where it's like, a, oh, yeah, dad wasn't too keen on Ray coming round. That would have been yeah. him going, no, family of minds, having a psychic in this head. Like, it would have been those things. Like that. Reenactments and stuff. Yeah. Like that yeah. And it, it might have been effective, but I feel like this was a much more effective way of telling that story, particularly with um, what I'd say is one of the really great twists in this, which is that Matt fakes a load of mm. that initial footage yeah. of his sister's ghost, that's so important. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really it's such
2: an important. It's such and it a really cool means that you
1: ignore all the other things that have been revealed later. Like yeah. you just absolutely but, uh, are like this is all stuff. It that does it
2: does so many things though as well because like any kind of. Firstly, if you're if you're watching it and you don't know it's a documentary, when they reveal that it's faked, you're like, ah, cool. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you buy into it more, but also watching it knowing it it's not a documentary it um it's it gives you this out that that it's like uh, see like i knew it wasn't real mm-hmm. i knew it wasn't real but also there's a part of me that that was wanting it to be real yeah you're, you're there with the characters going mm-hmm. like damn it i like it, it, like i know it's not real i know ghosts aren't real but but, be nice. but i want to believe and then that sets up the last third of the film mm. yeah. so beautifully um, and and I think um, all of the successful found footage, paranormal activity style movies have cottoned on to the fact that they have to have a, a fake out and and a, and a, a false a false mm-hmm. ghost somewhere mm. at the start to, to ease an yeah. audience in. The, the yeah. other thing that I really
0: liked that they did was then when they're reviewing the footage after knowing that Matthew's faked it and they see another ghostly figure and they're like, oh, but then it's like, wait, but that's a man. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, Georgia, I kind of want to know when that was revealed, where were you at mentally in this film? Because for me, there was a lot of gear changing happening. <laughs> I was like, when it was like, there's a man in the bedroom. Where were you at with, with that bit?
1: Yeah, I was like, are they just going to discover that they've, like, actually been living, like, amongst multiple ghosts for years? <laughs> <laughs> that right. Was That's where like, you went Is this just, like, is it a ghost? Like, is mm. it another ghost that they're like, oh, we actually discovered that all the noises weren't even our daughter's ghost. There were this other ghost that apparently had just been there the whole time that none of us had gotten onto until mm. we were, like, waiting for ghosts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, so, yeah. I was yeah.
1: like, "What is going on?"
0: Yeah, as as it turns out, uh, it was Brett. Ah, oh, bloody Brett! <laughs> bloody uh, next door neighbor. He, he, yeah, next door neighbor who um, had been in uh, a, a sexual relationship with Alice. Um, he he and his wife had this sexual affair with with a minor, which is uh, illegal. Yeah, uh, and um, that that was. I I thought that was really. Well done without being exploitative. Mm. Mm. Because I feel like that that sort of... Sometimes that reveal is like the final reveal of the film, where it's like, and you're in this neighbourhood that you thought you could trust, and then your next-door neighbours betrayed you in this way um, or, or hurt your family in this way. And the fact that it wasn't the final twist of the film, but was just like an additional layer that helped give so much context to why Alice was where she was mentally in that last year of her life. And all of these other things was I thought it was really well done. And and done without being sort of titillating or grimy. Like they have the the yeah. sex tape, but the sex mm. tape is arguably the spookiest thing in the film because it's an even lower budget camera than all the other cameras that they've got and it, it's it's just really I, I felt at least from from my viewing, it was really well told without being without making me feel icky or grimy for, yeah. for being and I a think part the fact
1: of it. that that neighbor had by the time we're learning about it mm. has already like moved out of the suburb. And then like, so they're not sh- trying to show the parents confronting him in any like weird way. Yeah. And they've also sort of, because it's distanced for them in the documentary, mm. uh, they've had the time to sort of just be like, this is what's happened. And we're not like, weirdly aggressive or totally upset or distraught about it mm. because we've had time to deal with it. Yeah. So we're not like, conf- so like the telling of it is still it that
2: quite muted. Yeah. It's the, it's in line with everything else because yeah. it is so retrospective yeah. for them. Yeah. It's also, yeah. It's also one of the things that, uh, it just, you know, as being a mega fan <laughs> online, there are so many crazy fan theories about, um, you know what really happened in this film and what's actually going on and and uh and that's it's one of the the things that um that lead down rabbit holes for people that analyze this film mm-hmm. uh,
0: i mean i suppose one of the big questions oh well, the big question this film does leave you with is what the hell did alice see in lake mungo because it builds to lake mungo being this school camp she had in august 2005 as someone who went on high school camps in 2005 um uh, I didn't see a ghost, just or at least I don't believe I did. Uh, but but do you go back and review check that your, footage? Yeah. Your... <laughs> um, but 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 it, I I mean obviously this film was made in the mid two thousands, so of course it's going to capture that. But a little bit of me was like, oh, this is kind of not. This is like revisiting the Australia that I first moved to in a lot mm. of respects. Mm. Um, but but yeah, Alice, uh, she she lost her phone. She didn't really lose it though. She buried it under a tree. Why did she bury it? Because she was. Filming herself wandering off into the the dark at night, and she encounters a ghost of herself.
2: Ah! <laughs> and, and that's spooky stuff. Yeah, it's that's it's, that's, that's probably the the uh, the biggest spooky. It's like, is it a jump scare? I don't think so. But it's the mm. it's the thing that uh, people that get scared by this film. Mm. Usually point to as this is the single scariest thing.
0: Was it the scariest thing for you, Georgia?
1: No, but I can see how that is the moment. I'm curious yeah. then. What was the scariest thing for you? Oh, I don't really know if there was
2: like okay, because one, I, I, it it made me go like not yeah. a jump, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it yeah. full me... shiver. Like yeah. I I remember seeing it in the the cinema and being extremely unnerved, yeah, yeah. And, and uncomfortable at that bit. I was like, oh, yeah, that is um and wasn't ready. I, <laughs> and it I just knew- kinda of comes up to you. Yeah, uh, it's the the frame. Approach that's yeah. Like-
0: and the fact it's in the lower third of the frame, like yeah. it's not a natural framing. Yeah. And there's there's a slight musical sting of yeah. but yeah. it's <laughs> but it's not enough for like a full proper jump scare. But I knew that I was unsettled by it by when they suddenly cut the image of her the 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 actual drowned corpse that they pulled up. Mm. I was like, Oh thank God <laughs> I'm looking at the drowned corpse of this person wow. instead of the out. ghost. Like for me, I was like, oh, thank goodness. We're not looking at that thing anymore.
2: And then it cut back and I was like, no, go away. Yeah, so it like it just cuts back to it. And like, if it's a, if it's a horror film, you, you, you show it once glimpsingly and you never cut back to it. But this is just, it's a documentary. And it, of course it cuts back to it and yeah. holds on it mm. and pushes in on it. And I'm like, oh, get out of my yeah. face. And, and, and the makeup is great.
0: Um, and I, I like we only really get a good shot of the the effects they use when the mm. police find the body at the beginning of the film, mm. and we see Alice's body move, move through. And there's that very sort of clinical photography of like her covered in the dirt, and her skin's very pale. Um, but
2: like the yeah. make the makeup on her in the grainy 2005 oh, yeah. footage. Just, just the yeah. fact that it was it was shot on legitimate 2006 mobile phones mm. from the time. Yeah. Um, that that resolution hides a lot and you can get away with <laughs> yeah, like, not to say that it's not great makeup, but because yeah, it is very effective. It's almost um, scarier. In but the it like the, <laughs> that, that, saying? that veneer of, of grain and that lack yeah. of resolution. It is that thing. Uh, God, there's a, there's a word for it mm. of seeing faces and, and, and shapes and stuff. Oh in,
0: yeah. Yeah. Where you see
2: faces in everything yeah. like you say in wallpaper, and just, yeah, in cornflakes. And uh, yeah, and just, just distorting it, just covering it up, gives it that extra layer of creepiness and uncertainty because your brain wants to resolve the image mm-hmm. into something that's recognisable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not that. It's just...
1: Yeah, which is what happens every time, I think. They zoom in yeah, on the, Yeah, and they, they keep the, zooming like, in and it just falls just, apart. Yeah, and everything, I'm like, I don't know why we're... Okay, all right, let's just lean into zooming in on this grainy thing because your brain just does sort of like click it all together and make
0: mm. it uh, Pareidolia. paridolia that's uh, yeah, okay. just just done a quick google par paridolia is when you see uh faces in inanimate objects um mm. yeah so so yeah that that's kind of the one big question which I think is a really great pl- way for the film to sort of finish on mm. is. So, yeah, how did she see a drowned ghost
2: of herself if 3 months before she but died? It, it's like it's not that it it finishes on that question. Mm. I think I think it I think it finishes in my mind the saddest idea in the film is that the mum has moved on. Yeah. And that the ghost is still in the house and is um. hasn't moved on and she, and she's acutely aware that her mum can't see her, mm-hmm. that she can't help her, mm. and that she knew this before she was going to die, that, that her family are going to move away and leave and mm. well, and she's left behind by really herself. That's really interesting. Yeah.
0: And, and, and sort of makes, for me, a lot more sense for that final...
2: Scene that that oh. whole final yeah, yeah where, where yeah. June goes to the voiceover yeah Anna. so that that the mm. intercutting of that is, is is very I think is very specifically putting those two moments together yeah so that you understand that she was standing over her parents' bed and you see it earlier on and can connect that but then you connect the very first image of the film and mm. the very last image of the film is the same photo but. You, you see a ghostly figure in the, in the back mm. of, of the house there uh, yeah. And you know that they're they're leaving And they're they're moving out And that she's there And she can't speak to her mum And she's just going And there's nothing she can do And there's, yeah. a, there's all that stuff
0: in the middle of the film Talking about how apparently there's some sort of Matrilineal curse Where the, the mums and daughters just don't quite mm-hmm. get along with each yeah. other they just or, they, or they become don't connect. distant yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, it's beautifully well, lied. And there's there's also like if you look into Lake Mungo itself and like the history of Lake Mungo and uh, it being like the oldest I think in the the Southern Hemisphere the, the Mungo man mm. that is like prehistoric the oldest bones of of humans found in the Southern Hemisphere it's mm. like this this land where people have lived for. Literally, the the longest time, mm. yeah. and just that. um So many people think that the lake where she drowns is like Mungo, mm. <laughs> or like why is this called Lake Mungo? Because um, it, it is quite tangential, but like you can read into a lot of that history and and make assumptions about like the ghosts of things left behind yeah. over mm. a period of time, and that. That kind of aspect of it, mm-hmm. as well. And
1: interesting, she was like burying herself in preparation yeah. for that, and like leaving her mark in this ancient place.
2: Yeah, she's leaving like... a part of herself there. Yeah, mm. because she knows something's coming, coming. which is a, yeah. which is in itself. It's a that that's a horrifying mm. idea, and it's not really told in a in a typical horror movie way but it is a horrifying idea I think like yeah
1: all of her like just her face in all of the images of her friends having so much fun yeah and her just being like I'm gonna die when I go home yeah it's like mm. it's coming
0: and the, the real sadness is to build on to that is her, her stuff got dug up anyway
2: so she didn't get to yeah stay, <laughs> I, stay there. I do remember reading some uh some comments on YouTube videos and, and about the film. Uh, there are people that were so upset about how exploitative of Alice uh, it felt and and that that uh, people audiences were um, frustrated by the parents giving the footage to the documentary filmmakers <laughs> mm. <laughs> to let them exploit it like that I'm like well I mean it like it's not real <laughs> they're not <laughs> really it, exploiting but like it, I, I, I yeah. understand the, yeah. that yeah that like wanting to you know, this is a character that's dead at the start of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and and she doesn't really have a voice in the film, but she has mm. so much a presence, like not just a ghostly presence, but like you do, you do, I feel like you do get some kind of sympathy and some kind of mm. investment yeah. in her as a person that you want to know. Yeah, like, absolutely. What happened to her and yeah. why this is going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit here
2: and reflect for a little bit now. It's, like, this, yeah, it's interesting. Mm, it is, yeah. It's a fascinating film, and, and I'm sure you understand now. I just wanted someone to be able to talk to about it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's it, it it's just it, I think it does a really interesting thing with the concept of a ghost story by having it not not really be about the ghost. I mean, the story is about. What happened to Alice, and and what happened mm-hmm. in that last year of her life, and all the, all the things that were that were going on, but I I do feel as though she's sort mm-hmm. of the focal point, but the film's actually about the family mm-hmm. and about the surviving family, Absolutely. and like like the, there's some things which um, I think are left unexplained to add a level of mystery, but can be explained relatively. We can interpret, I guess, is the word I'm yeah. looking for. Like, like Matthew's bruises. I was like, oh yeah, I wonder if that's going to come back up again in the film, and it really didn't. Not but you know, it's it's the sort of thing where you could go: Is it a ghost grabbing him? Is it self harm? Like, like yeah. the, these yeah. sorts of things where it's you you can have both readings depending on where you're where you're at when you watch this film. Um, yeah, it's it's oh, it's clever, Robert. It's
1: also because the dad had in interactions with the ghost. In mm. the bedroom, yeah, where the ghost turned around, saw him, and screamed, "Get out of my room!" Yeah, and that's like, literally footage that. And then there's later yeah, on. footage of her doing that exact thing to her brother.
2: And it's like, ah, oh, like is he grieving? Is he playing this through in his head? Yeah, it's like it's just the moment or where he'd he had just... been putting off grieving by going to work, and then he finally just broke down yeah. by sitting in her room. Mm. Uh, like, you can, yeah, that. There, there is definitely that, that surface level spooky ghost story and the yeah. ghosts are real. Um, like that's kind of explicitly what, mm-hmm. what the intention mm-hmm. feels like on the surface. But um, even if you don't go along with that or get into that, I think it's a beautiful mm-hmm. and fascinating film to watch because of the, the story and the themes of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, God, the performances are...
1: Yeah, it just feels so brilliant. of its time Australian mm. as well. Like, I was mm. 12, graduating from primary school at, in 2005. Right. And I was just like, yeah, this was just so very obviously that yeah. time in yeah. Australia. And
2: it is... Yeah, it is Australian. Yeah. And that, that was some an skip. Australian haunting. Mm. Yeah. This is a... I, I love that the house is a country, like, it doesn't have an attic or a basement. There aren't stairs. Yeah. This isn't a Victorian haunting. This yeah. is... This is not Crimson Peak. Yeah. It's... And it's just somewhere that, you know, we don't get to see represented in horror, <laughs> like, yeah. in the yeah. hauntings.
0: I, I, I was thinking that the film, it was sort of making me think of a little bit, but only a little bit, was Picnic at Hanging Rock. Mm, for right. that level of... Australian mystery, but because because of when *Picnic at Hanging Rock* is set, and arguably also because of the time period it was made, and the abundance of pan flutes that were in the soundtrack <laughs> for that film, but but that sort of unsolved mystery and what happens to the people who are left behind when these those in that case those girls go missing, and mm. there's just no answer. Yeah, um, it, it, this film there's no answer for why Alice saw her own ghost three months before she died, mm-hmm. but. I feel like this film is a much more sort of satisfactory telling of what it means to survive a paranormal experience like that or to be in the vicinity of a paranormal experience like that mm. as compared to Pan- Picnic at Hanging Rock which was good but was just sort of a, it was a bit vague and it was a bit more yeah, about right. the ghosts than the survivors I guess um, but yeah the the, the and also to, to get back to the Australian point because of the time period Picnic was set at everyone's very English. Yeah. Like, everyone's very sort of, like, late Victorian era, uh, speaking with refined accents sort of thing. Whereas this... ah, oh, bloody Doug and uh, Kath have gone on a holiday. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, yeah, no, we don't believe in ghosts, do we? Uh, yeah, I will looked at it on the computer. Like <laughs> Got in real
1: close on the computer. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. There, there was something really lovely about seeing types of people that I think we've all met. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, Russell's workmate. I was like, I'm sure I've actually met that
2: man. Not, Not... Like as in the character, he's, yeah, he's yeah. a famous actor. Like, well, <laughs> mm. like they, they they all had to pick not super famous actors. Yeah, but yeah. The, the Thing if you want people, I feel to like buy they're all like it, peripheral Australians. Like, yeah, like, exactly. I've seen
1: them maybe in the supermarket, but also maybe on an advert when I was fifteen. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's that sort of like. Do I know that?
2: And now? they're all, so that like they're all great act. Well, improv actors because mm. uh, there was never a script written that they oh, it was literally the director like they all went through the backstory and everything and all of the plot points that had to be hit but it was literally the director just l- interviewing them as the documentary filmmaker so cool. and it was that put together it. as a documentary amazing mm. i think that's why some of the the line readings and the performances feel so natural because they're they are just make yeah they're making just yeah. It up.
0: they're just sort of like being these people in a small town in Australia. Yeah. Um, Ararat, was it? Ararat. Ararat. Yeah. 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 Um, just sort of just being like, yeah. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? Ah, uh, I mean, nah, but maybe a bit like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that sort of, yeah. You, you wouldn't write the lines that they say. No. Because that's not what we associate film language with being. Mm. Yeah. It's God. It's interesting.
2: So yeah, mm. it's, it's, they they really, really went all out to, to make this feel legitimate. Um, which I appreciate, yeah, I, th- I think they did a great job and and just filming in that town for a year, even though principal photography was like you know four weeks mm-hmm. but uh, having having worked on a mockumentary before, seeing the effort you have to go to to create the amount of material that you need, mm. uh the different costumes and and hairdos over the amount of time that you're collet- collating footage from mm. and having to create all of the photos and all of the home videos and, yeah like that takes so long so and detail. it's so much effort and
0: it, it, it i i was very much feeling that watching this with like okay so they would have had to have shot this one like the 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 the, the lake mungo stuff you still would have had to have some level of like lighting to be to, for it to or, or some consideration for those things for it to yeah. be shown up. They like,
2: yeah. they kind of did and they kind of didn't. Yeah. Cause they were like, what, what's it has to read. Mm. Um, I- <laughs> and, but, but also like packing up the house.
0: I was like, God, what a pain in the ass as a dress. So just being <laughs> like, yeah. right, you've got to make this house look really, really lived in. Cool. They're moving. So it's all got to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like...
1: even the small details of how the house changed in the like, over the
0: shot, over the
2: footage, over the footage. Yeah. yeah. The footage? yeah. yeah. Like, like
1: it's just, it's, is like where the mirror the is facing thing. and like, yeah. and then
2: he moves it halfway through the film for, for his faked footage. And yeah. then it's like that for the, yeah <laughs> from when they shot it.
0: So yeah, it's just, it's a film of details. Uh, would you like some trivia about late Mungo? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Some of this trivia is sourced from IMDB. Oh. So if it's not true, don't blame me. The rest of it, I really had to go looking for, because there's not a lot of trivia about this film. You so know,
2: until mm. this, uk blu-ray release came out there really has not been much extra features or much written about you really have to go searching yeah Mm. so i'm excited to see what you got okay well the first uh bit of trivia which i believe was from imdb
0: a promotional poster for the Beatles album Love is on the wall in the background of a photo of Alice about an hour into the film. Uh, Love was released in November of 2006 whereas Alice died in December 2005. So are there ghost posters? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, are the Beatles? Cuz obviously two of them were dead by the time this film was made. Yeah. You know, is it is it George and John just moving posters around? <laughs> oh, our estate will get all sorts of extra money from this. Like that kind of thing. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Like I said, not a lot of trivia. Um, The other bit of trivia uh, is, when asked what inspired um, him to create the script, Joel Anderson had uh, said, quote, I don't think that this film is a supernatural thriller. I think it's meant to be an exploration of grief. He also cited... uh, um, he had a curiosity when developing this script of how technology is used to record people's lives and sort of tracks memories and how technology mediates a
2: lot of our experiences mm-hmm. end quote yeah that's interesting because it i think it plays into the the dad's experience yeah. uh of of his the ghost that he saw where it feels like that it's misremembered memory yeah or it's that like yeah or you remember something one way and then you see a photo or a video of it and it's just like slightly different. Yeah. Mm. I always do that. I always remember a quote from a film and I, and, and I say it all the time. And then I go back and watch the film and a word is wrong. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but I've been saying it this way my whole life. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> but
1: that's what he said in my brain. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: one other bit of trivia is that uh, this film cost 1.7 million Australian dollars to make. Uh, it, it didn't make that back. Uh, I'd like to know, Robert. How much do you think you spent for your ticket um, to, to go see this film in two thousand and nine? If you give me a sec, I can find the ticket. You can actually find it. Yeah. Okay, but please do. Well, two thousand
2: and nine. Yeah. Hold music. What,
0: what? What I've just learned. Do you keep? A, do you keep a, all your tickets in a vault Oh my <gasps> god!
1: I'm so excited to see this. <laughs>
0: this is very exciting
1: <laughs> so good i did for a while have like a solid year's worth of film tickets in my wallet
0: mm. i have tickets in my jackets but they're not there because i'm keep they're just there yeah <laughs> um, i recently was going through some jackets and i found a bunch of tickets for broadway shows that i've been to oh, amazing yeah because obviously i was in new york for a couple of weeks but only took like two jackets yeah so it's just like uh, waitress and <laughs> the great comet of 1812 <laughs> and just all these different so things good. picking them out and going like oh this is great Ah, oh, so they live in the jacket now i've decided Amazing.
1: yeah i i don't know i think i threw them out when i was moving out of mum's house but i did find like every movie that my friend and i had seen in 2009 while she worked at the cinema mm.
0: so for our listeners at home uh, robert woods has produced um a, a document <laughs> uh, a, a book of um of what appears to be Numerous movie tickets uh, Attached into it Which is
2: delightful
1: This is so good
2: Lake Mungo Yep I was in Cinema 4 At Cinema Paradiso <laughs> The ticket cost $15.50 $15.50 Okay So Robert
0: You were responsible For uh, One 1,925th Of this movie's Overall Income <laughs> This, I, mo- this movie made 29850 Australian dollars. At the cinema? Yeah. Which means that approximately 2,000 people saw it in the cinema, which means that you are one of under 2,000 people that saw Lake Mungo on the big screen.
2: Look, it it was hard to see. Um, I think it was only out for about two weeks, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, in its first week of playing, it was playing in Cinema 4, which is the smallest, tiniest yeah. cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, then it was gone two weeks later. Yeah. Um, it was not advertised much. Mm. I went and saw it on a whim, which is a fascinating way to see this film, by the way. Yeah. Um, not knowing anything about it and yeah. just going in and, and wondering for a long time what it is that I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, It was... Yeah. I, that screening stuck with... has has still stuck with me. So, yeah. There we go.
0: Well, if, if nothing else, this trivia section was short, but... I've learned something about you, Rob, that's probably more interesting than everything else, which is, I didn't know you kept all the movie tickets. Well, I've got to claim them
2: on tax now, because mm. I'm a filmmaker, technically. Yeah,
0: that, that's really great. I, I kind of wish a little bit that I'd done that myself, maybe. Yeah. I could look back and go and see, when did I see Christmas with the Cranks or Jumper, which uh, were just two not fun cinematic experiences for me. But I could at least know exactly what date and time I was uh, at. Mm. Oh, it's brilliant. This is the part of the podcast where we try and sum up everything we think about this film <laughs> and give it a numerical value. Oh, uh, and this is going to be tricky. Georgia, it was your first time watching oh, no. uh, Lake Mungo. You get to go first. What would you give it out of 10?
1: Oh, God. It's so hard to summarize. Because, like, I'm going to be thinking about this for 10 years. Yeah, well, well,
0: I think, again, because of what Robert's uh, said, um, I think our scores are very much going to be the uh, initial Ooh, deer reaction. in the head, like <laughs> sort of like <laughs> uh, 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 seven. Like we just, we just sort of, I guess it's more how we're feeling right now. Whereas obviously Robert's score will come from a, uh, he's been able to ruminate and sort of based himself in it for several <laughs> years.
1: I feel like I'm going to say eight vintage Nokias out of 10.
2: I was going <laughs> <laughs> to.
0: They, they weren't vintage at the time, but they sure are now. Yeah. Uh, what phone did you have in 2005 as a 12 year old? I curious. had
1: a Nokia 3310, mm. which was like one of the first like brick phones, I think I black and same... white screen. You could interchange the cases. I had the same phone. So I phone. had like a fluorescent green yeah. and like a clear um, sort of one, I think. Um, and like a navy blue my brother had gotten it and then it had been my sister's and then it was mine Mm. and i was only allowed to use it for emergencies and i played snake and called my mum.
0: so 2005 (laughs) i got my first phone it was a nokia 3310 and i bought it off my best friend from high school uh, ryan for 50 bucks because he would just upgraded his phone i had that phone for about four years. Oh yeah, I had, I had it yeah, for like, at least that. Like long he and he'd had it a long time. I had it up until two thousand and nine. That yeah. like it it lasted. It was it was great. Yeah. Uh,
2: Rob, before we get your score, what was your phone around two thousand and five? It was it was a Nokia. Uh I'm just trying to think of when I would have gotten it. It must have been two thousand and four, hmm. and I had it until two thousand and twelve. Okay. Uh, which is much longer than mo- most people were well and truly on, on iPhones, smartphones by then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept my brick phone that lasted a week on one charge of battery mm. for way longer than I <laughs> <laughs> than I probably should have. Um and it was yeah, I don't know what exact model but it's I've still got it in my room somewhere. So no. Nokia. Those were the days.
0: Yeah. Uh but the score for this film, Robert, what, what would you give it out of ten?
2: Um, i'm going to give it 9 mini dv cassettes out of 10 mm. yeah look it's
0: it's good it's, it's, i can't really say anything more than that it's it's good folks uh and if you live in australia i'm so sorry you can't really get hold of it easily but but hopefully
2: this podcast will go some small way into yeah. getting the word out there and getting yeah. interest built up. About will it will very
0: much be the Rob Woods being one of 2,000 voices going to see this film and just trying to poke it along. And if, and it, you, know, if you are able to see it, if you are able to get it, um, obtain it, uh, preferably legally, but if you are able to obtain it and watch it, it's, it's, well, it's well worth a watch. I, I think it's, it's incredibly well done. We didn't even talk about the police, but I thought the way that the police officer was, was interviewed, it just came to mind then. Like, like that was really good as well, because it felt it felt right, uh, okay. whilst also sort of advancing the story. And more importantly, the fact that the couple that had um, uh, slept with Alice, the fact that the consequences for them were probably going to be minor, like they weren't going to have jail time, it would have been a suspended mm. sentence, mm. because
2: the video footage seemed
0: consensual Mm -hmm. but also it wasn't what the story was about the story wasn't about them yeah so and the fact is is we don't know if they were ever found or got their comeuppance but it's almost that wasn't the important thing of the story Mm. and I thought the police did a really good job in sort of being the sort of ah story's not about this kind of thing Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) ah it's just so many thoughts but I'm gonna give it um ah I'm gonna give it eight and a half ghostly hill hoists out of 10 uh, because I, I, I think that that photo was probably for me the, the spooky ookiest of, of the pictures where we see the faked image but then she's so clearly sat under the hill's hoist and I didn't see it didn't see until it the all. credits. I'm like, God, oh, I'm such, oh, I, I have no hope of finding a ghost in this film. I'd be like, there's probably raccoons and that's where the story would finish. There's raccoons in the roof. I wouldn't have seen a ghost at all um yeah what a film uh, happy australia day everyone <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah happy australian film month uh we we've come to the end of, of january so um we hope you've enjoyed uh, this particular venture and we look forward to bringing you more australian films maybe later in the year but definitely uh january next year as well uh robert and georgia thank you so much for joining me on this episode thanks thank so you. much for having me and for those of you listening in thank you um as we mentioned before, this film was uh, voted for over on Facebook. Uh, you can find our film polls by becoming a member of the Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club in Facebook's uh, search engine. Uh, you can also become a Patreon. Robert is, and that's how this film ended up being watched. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Robert, tell tell the folks at home what it's like having all your dreams come true through this
2: Patreon. Ah, uh, it's Everything I could want from 2022 and more. <laughs> See? And there's still so much 2022 to go. You should join up now for as little
0: as a dollar a month. You too can potentially have your dreams come true. There were other patrons who didn't get their film picked. I just realised it. But they're not in the room right now. Uh, but yes. Uh, it, yes, you get to nominate films. There's also bonus um, features, little... Uh, episodes that are made from the offcuts that get released through there sometimes. All sorts of fun bits and pieces there. Just search for us over at patreon.com forward slash podcast. and finally, you can subscribe. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify however you choose to get your podcasts make sure you hit the little button that means it gets served fresh and hot every week into your device of choice. But that is all for this week so until next time, goodbye! Farewell! Ta-ta! And now everyone has to go back and listen to where the ghosts are hidden in this episode because <laughs> throughout it there's little there's little ghostly voices did you hear the knocking I did hear like, the knocking all the, yeah. I, was, I was very very unhappy about the knocking <laughs> I'm sorry but yeah that's yep ghost yeah yeah the ghost of uh, the ghost that protects your cinematic ticket. <laughs>